Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Friday. It's January 22nd. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Today, we catch you up on the power dynamics of the new Congress, plus all the women breaking barriers this week. But first, whether it's QAnon conspiracy theorists or far-right American groups turning to Russia, extremist movements aren't going away. That's why the next evolution of domestic extremism is today's one big thing. With everything that's happened, even in the past few days, it's hard to believe the Capitol siege was just two weeks ago. More than 100 people have been arrested and charged so far, including one rioter who's charged with trying to sell a laptop stolen from Nancy Pelosi to Russian foreign intelligence agents. So how do we understand this bizarre coupling of Americans who want to work with Russian spies? Cybersecurity journalist and Axios co-book writer Zach Dorfman joins us now to help understand this. It's completely bizarre. And what's really interesting about this Capitol Hill rioter was the very fact that somebody from the far, far right of the American political spectrum would consider this an option because for the entire Cold War, for the American right wing, there was no greater devil on earth than Russia and the USSR. Zach, I wonder if you can explain the ties between far right American extremists and Russia. Yeah. After the fall of the Soviet Union, it started turning more toward an aggressive, chauvinist Western nationalism. And that, in turn, created all of these weird affinities and links between far-right movements all over the world, looking up to Vladimir Putin as a kind of savior of the West. And so long before the Trump era, these connections and affinities were taking shape. So have we seen Russian propagandists trying to capitalize on this? Without question, there has been an onslaught of propaganda that is specifically targeted to the far right in many countries around the globe, including the United States. And there's lots of different reasons for them to do this because that creates more domestic problems at home. And as we have seen all too clearly, that can have very serious consequences. Do you think it would be a mistake if we attach too much importance to the idea of foreign actors influencing domestic, homegrown extremism in the U.S.? Yeah, I can't underline this enough. So during the Cold War, the Soviet Union created a ton of propaganda that portrayed the United States as hypocritical because it was talking about liberal democracy during the Jim Crow South, right? And sometimes when people would make highly valid points about civil rights, people would then be accused of being communist sympathizers. And that was a really pernicious way of deflecting from America's own homegrown problems by saying, no, actually, the source is all foreign, right? So once again, we are confronted with an extreme right, xenophobic, white supremacist movement that is just the latest manifestation of something that has reared its head over and over and over again in American history. So I would say that if you want Russia to stop using these racial schisms to worsen political tensions in America, then you need to deal with those at the source. And once you do that, you solve a national security problem as well, because Russia can no longer take advantage of these very, very deep social problems that exist in America. Zach Dorfman is a senior staff writer on cybersecurity for the Aspen Institute and also writes our Axios Codebook newsletter. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Nyla. 
We'll be back in 15 seconds with how QAnon adherents are reacting to their current conspiracy theory falling apart. Welcome back to Axios Today. You just heard about the link between domestic terrorists and Russian intelligence tapping into far-right movements across the world. These far-right movements and other extremists, white supremacists, conspiracy theorists like QAnon followers, are nurtured by dark corners of the internet, which is where Axios media reporter Sarah Fisher has been this week, on these message boards to see how specifically QAnon supporters are reacting to Joe Biden peacefully assuming the presidency. People are very confused. The conspiracy theorists thought that Donald Trump was not actually going to leave office. So you have those that are completely devastated and deflated. But then there's a large portion of people who have just moved the goalposts. And these are people, essentially, Nyla, who are going to be QAnon believers no matter what. I was following the news yesterday that a federal judge ruled that Amazon doesn't have to host the app Parler, which is where a lot of these different groups were communicating. How are you thinking about where this conversation is going to go online now? They're just becoming more and more decentralized. That's one of the dangers of clamping down on these movements publicly is that you move the nefarious action into darker corners of the Internet where research shows the conversation becomes even more toxic. So the idea that this is going away because Joe Biden is now the president is completely wrong. It's definitely not going to end. In fact, it might even get worse. Think about it like the coronavirus. It's just going to find and develop new variants, new strains so that it can keep surviving. Even if these platforms cut them off, they're going to find ways to change their conversation, change the way that they act online to avoid detection and to continue to grow stronger networks. Sarah Fisher covers media for Axios. Last night, Mitch McConnell released a proposal asking Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to delay President Trump's impeachment trial until February. This is one example of how the balance of power in Congress is shifting. So I went to Axios' Elena Treen to help us understand a little bit more about what this new power dynamic is going to look like. You would think 50-50 split means equal footing, but because Vice President Kamala Harris does have that tie-breaking vote, it really puts it in a 51-50 range. Democrats do have the upper hand, yes, but not as much as we saw that Mitch McConnell and Republicans had over the past several years. Okay, so you're talking about 51-50, but actually 60 votes is really important to get anything passed. Elena, can you explain why? Yes. So the main thing that everyone on the Senate side is talking about right now is the filibuster. There is a 60 vote threshold, which means that you need at least nine Republicans in order to pass meaningful legislation like the coronavirus relief. And that's why this power sharing agreement and really working out legislation that is bipartisan is going to be so key in the Biden administration and in a Chuck Schumer controlled Senate. So what should we be watching for in Congress in the next few weeks? I think we should be watching for how they vote on a pandemic relief package. I think that will be the key thing for people to watch how this power sharing agreement will work and how successful Joe Biden can be in getting Republicans to cross over the aisle and vote with him on a big piece of legislation. Elena Trina's Axios' White House and congressional reporter. We wanted to end today with a celebration of women breaking new ground. 
Earlier this week, the NFL announced its first female referee will officiate during the Super Bowl, Sarah Thomas. And as Kamala Harris made history on Wednesday, she was introduced inauguration night by another sports history maker, Vanderbilt football kicker Sarah Fuller, who this season became the first woman to play in a major college football game. And that's why it is such an honor to introduce a true groundbreaker. And after 232 years of waiting, being able to say these words, our nation's first woman vice president, Vice President Kamala Harris. That's all for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Carol Wu, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Kara Schillen, and Naomi Shaven. Our mix engineer is Alex Sugiara. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer. Sarah Kehlani Gu is our executive editor. And special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Leetal Malad and Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy your weekend. <laughs>